I'm going to walk you through step by step how to achieve the ideal curriculum for you. Remember, this is what I love to do. So you're in great hands with this. Welcome to Epic Mom Life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by The Possum's Tale, a unique book adventure for your 6 to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. From chaos to curriculum, how to organize your homeschool for maximum learning. We're going to do a step-by-step -step guide with a planner. Creating a homeschool curriculum for the year requires careful planning and consideration of your child's educational needs and your goals. With a proper plan and strategy, a yearly curriculum can be a rewarding experience for both the parents and the students. I'm going to walk you through step-by-step -step how to achieve the ideal curriculum for you. Remember, this is what I love to do. I'm a total geek about curriculum and planning and doing this, so you're in great hands with this. We're going to determine your child's educational goals by considering what on earth do you want your child to achieve academically during the upcoming year? Which subjects do you want your child to learn? Set specific goals for each subject area, keeping in mind your child's age, grade level, and any special interests or topics of focus that will be added. Number two, do you want a cheat sheet for the grade level expectations for your child? So in number one, I said you're going to figure out what you want them to learn, what your expectations are. Well, if that's too like free balling it and you're like, you know, I'd kind of like to know in third grade, what should they learn? What should they know in math? For example, you know, I'm not exactly sure where they should be. We're having a lot of fun with manipulatives, but I'm not quite sure how far or whatever. We're just going with whatever they're learning. But I kind of want to know a general idea. Each public school has to post online, usually by state, what the educational standards are for each grade level in each subject. Now, I think that the public schools are not really doing us a great job right now. Right now they're kind of in a funk and they have been for quite some time. Hopefully they'll get out of this funk. But it is helpful to know what the expectation of learning is at each level because once you know that's what they're striving for they're striving for in third grade for every child to know their multiplication tables for example that means that when they are a senior in high school they're striving for this child to know this level so it's really helpful to see what the expectations are. Now your child may go way beyond that in some areas and may be struggling in different areas. That's fine, but you kind of have a ballpark. It does not mean you have to teach those things, but it does give you a baseline. For example, when should your child learn prepositions, do long division, etc. I'm going to put on your notes Arizona's simply because they they have a thing where they say, for example, in the social studies, because social studies is usually one of the hottest contended topics, subjects in homeschooling. So they have the general, like the, the 10 general goals in third grade, but then third grade is all Arizona stuff, like learn the counties, learn 
the, you know, the native tribes, learn all of the things there. But for the 10 goals, which is really cool, and this is what I'm going to talk about in the planner, because I'm actually going to go through a lot of this as part of the planner. It talks about learn different perspectives in in that that is the goal for third grade in social studies. So that's just a general goal, right? So it just helps with that. And that's if you're wanting that kind of cheat sheet. Three, choose a homeschooling approach. There are many ways to homeschool. I'm gonna to refer to that article in the notes as well. One is not better than the other. However, one may be much better for your child. For example, online learning is not usually the best method if you have a social kinesthetic kiddo. Consider your child's learning style and learning method preference. Then reflect on your educational philosophy. Homeschooling on your own, in your home, can be a lot of work. You are signing up to be your child's teacher, but you are also signing up to be your child's teacher. That's two-sided, right? It's like Two-Face in Batman. It's good and it's bad. I mean, it has its pros and cons. It may be that if your child does not learn well independently, if you're the one teacher, you have to do a lot more one-on-one -on -one instruction because your child is not going to do well with all of those online curriculum programs because they don't do well independently. That's, a, that's definitely a style of learning. It may also be that a homeschool co-op may be ideal for you and your child. There's so many options out there. Look at all of them. Also, just so you know, homeschool co-ops can be found based on all kinds of beliefs. And what I'm talking about is secular and both non-secular. Four, select your curriculum. Once you know your child's learning style and preference, and you have reflected on your philosophy, then you should know what you want your child to learn. Now is when you get to start shopping for curricula. Explore lots of different options. I do not, I'm emphasizing not really heavily. I do not recommend going to Facebook and to the homeschool moms group and hearing what a lot of the moms are saying. Oh, my kids just love this program. It was so great. The unit themes were just wonderful. We just thought it was so lovely. Clap, 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 clap. And you're like, cool, we're gonna buy that one. Each child is different. Look at several different materials for each subject grade level. I walk you through choosing a writing curriculum, and I'm going to put the link here. And I talk about all the major pitfalls and what you should avoid in a writing curriculum and what you should look for. Because I think writing, and I am so biased, but I was a writing teacher and I totally dig teaching kids how to write. But writing is one of those things that when you're looking at the curricula, they actually aren't teaching the kids how to write. So a lot of parents, they don't know this. They aren't writing teachers. They're like, oh, this is such a great writing program. Mm, it was a reading comprehension program, right? So I show you how to do that. But you're going to need to look at all of the programs that are out there. If you're trying to be budget conscience, conscious, once you've chosen a curriculum, Go to a Facebook homeschool resale group. I'm probably totally not supposed to say that online. And oftentimes you can at least get the parent resources at a discounted rate. Somebody's trying to sell them. And you may just need to buy the workbook or the student book. Sit down and plan yearly. This is the step that many people skip. This is also the step that I feel is crucial and I geek out on and love. You will need two planners, in my opinion. 
but you can put them both on the same calendar. One is your time off plan. You're homeschooling. This is like the best part of homeschooling. You can look at when everybody in the family, whether it's work schedules or activity schedules or whatever, all has time off. And that might be when you're enjoying vacations, holidays, weekends, three-day weekends, whatever they are. And you can match that up with places that you can visit. And then you can match that up with things that you can learn in your curriculum, whether it's for math or whether it's for science or writing or whatever it is. And it can be close by or it can be you're going to... I live in Arizona, so for me, going to the East Coast is a big deal. But so you're going to the East Coast for a wedding in September and the leaves are changing. You could be doing a whole science thing on the leaves changing. Or you could be going to Montana for winter and you could be going to, I don't know, one of the mines there. Or, I mean, there's just so many things that you could do that you could work into your curriculum. That's the great thing about homeschooling. So have your calendar of time off because then you're gonna also be looking at what you wanna teach that year, and you might be able to line those things up so they overlap, so that you have that reinforced thing, so you you like double whammy it. I'm also going to be doing a whole thing on integrated learning, and that's what this is. And homeschooling is so fabulous for the integrated learning. I mean, it just gives me shivers. I know, I totally geek out, right? But I just, I just dig integrated learning and this is where it's at. This is where your kid just thrives and with you homeschooling. So I love that. So just as an FYI, and I'm sure you know this, but I'm going to let you know, a lot of places that are official places, you have to buy tickets way in advance. So if you're planning on going to, say, Ellis Island or the Statue of Liberty or any of those things, check way in advance to see if you need to get your admittance tickets um, planned out. So when you know where you are going and if it coincides with the curriculum, you'll want to make sure no-brainer, that you're able to study that material that you'll be vacationing to, if at all possible. The next part of planning is the actual bones of learning. This is where we go back to what should your child know by the end of the year. Let's start with what does your child know coming into the year. This is where if your child was ever in the public system, you may have gotten really frustrated because it seemed like all of September they were doing all of what they did last year. It was review, and that was because the teachers had so many kids, they had to kind of like figure out where everybody was at, and it took them like a whole month to do that. Well, you're gonna basically know that, but you're gonna be able to figure out, okay, is my kiddo halfway through grade three? Well, that means that that year is going to be finishing up grade three and halfway into grade four, because you don't wanna hold them back and just do grade three. I mean, that would be ludicrous, right? That's the whole lovely thing about being homeschooling. You can go to your child's speed. So you're gonna to wanna to figure out where they're at in all of their little areas, and then go towards a year of goals that keeps them growing. Because in a perfect educational world, we're always having our kids reach, but we're not extending them so far that they're frustrated. But if they're always just reaching, that reach is growth. So they're growing, but they're growing within a comfortable range so that it's, it's an easy, entertaining, and engaging way of learning, but they're learning. So it's, it's like really easy. It's like quick, 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 and they can do these little, little steps. So that is what your goal is. 
continue to challenge at their speed and ability. This is where you have a space for each subject on your calendar, your planner, the topics or units, the skills within that topic or unit, and how long you hope to spend on that skill. The overall plan, the yearly plan, is going to change. It's going to change a lot. Your child may love learning, and I'm going to go back to that third grade example, about the counties, for example, in your state. And you may decide to just visit each one. This may take you all year. Say there's 40 counties in your state, and you're going to go visit every single one. In our state, a lot of our counties are named after tribes. So I would then also learn about all the individual tribes based on those counties. So this could become a whole encompassing unit of funness and meatiness and cultural diversity. I mean, there's just so much weight to this. But I may not have started there because I didn't know that my child would be interested in going or doing or all of this, but then they're going to be writing paragraphs about the characteristics and we're going to be learning how to do a high quality paragraph. So if I originally only gave this three weeks and now all of a sudden that's my whole year, now I'm putting my math lessons and I'm putting everything else into it because the experience of that outweighs the timetable. You're just going to have to see where all of those other goals will now fit, but they're already written out there so you already know what you wanted in that goal, if that makes sense. Number six, now you're going to sit down or jump back and forth and you're going to plan your daily and weekly. The daily weekly plans are your most accurate plans. These are the ones that get readjusted regularly because your child may soar through the construction and writing of paragraphs. In third grade, usually that's where they really, they go past like writing a really good sentence in second grade and now they're writing the paragraph. Well, this is an emergent skill, but it's also a foundational skill in third grade. So you wanted to take a month on paragraph writing because you know that it's so critical that they get those skills because their entire writing career is going to be based on this foundational skill. Well, you realize quickly that your kid totally got this. This was cake to them. They're very verbal and they are cerebral and they're like, yeah, I totally love this. This is great. You know, where your other kiddo is more kinesthetic and they're like, yeah, I'm all over the math manipulatives and everything, but this whole writing paragraphs isn't for me as much. So you just go based on the child. Well, you quickly need to evolve your quality paragraphs into transitional words with examples. That's getting into a whole new level of writing, which is super exciting. But that's where I mean you're going to be adjusting that weekly daily plan because what you thought might happen totally evolved into something else. It also can evolve back a little bit. Like they said for my boys that they should be reading by second grade. My boys were real hands-on moving about boys. You know, one became a mechanical, he did just fine, but he wasn't reading at second grade. That wasn't his deal. And they're fine, but you just, they needed more help with other things. So we had to go back in that area where they excelled in math. So you're able to adjust that from the daily thing. Your weekly plan allows you to move into this additional week for extra instruction, delete this skill, like say cursive writing, you just decided to delete altogether. Or since your child picked it up right away, you can add an entirely new unit that you hadn't even considered about or known about that you put in and you can put that in your yearly plan. The daily plan will stay consistent simply in the structure of it, 
not necessarily in what the, you're doing, but in order to keep your homeschool running as smoothly as possible. And I talked about this in Home Sweet Homeschool, and I'll put a link to that. You're going to want a consistent organization, but what you're actually doing can absolutely change. So content isn't as important, but the time allocated is important. Your child will thrive on that consistency. I talked about in Home Sweet Home, and I love this idea, the way I would do the structure. So I would do the core classes in the morning, I would have the break times, and then I would do the two-hour creation time. And I talk all about that, but I love just calling it two-hour creation time. I also want to just touch on, because I love this idea for homeschoolers, and I think it can fit into any curriculum, and I'm going to actually do a whole blog on the Parks Pass book. But if you're going to be doing a vacation, like for the summers or whatever, consider looking at the Parks Pass book and having that work into your curriculum. Because you can have the child study in advance where you're going, and it works just about for anything. Seven, track your progress. Grades, yuck. What do they really mean? I know. I actually love portfolios. I'm going to have to do a blog on portfolios versus grades too because these are all things that I know and I love and I thrive on, but I realize that a lot of people might not have a lot of knowledge in them. But basically grades are when you take a test, you achieve the test, and you mark that as done. But if you don't do well on the test, then you don't achieve that skill, right? Well, a portfolio is where you demonstrate knowledge of that skill. You put that work that demonstrates that knowledge in the portfolio, you're building your portfolio of skill, and you continue to build that portfolio. So you write a per persuasive essay, you've demonstrated that you can write a persuasive essay. Now you may need to build your skills like transitional sentence or transitional sentences that went from transitional words and introductory clauses and I mean you might be adding more to it but you understood the basis of what a persuasive essay is or do you see what I'm saying so that's why I like the idea of a portfolio system also kiddos can go back to their own portfolios and see all the things that they've accomplished so that should lead us to eight celebrate celebrate completion Learning the times tables, 1 through 12, is a big freaking deal. Kids struggle with that over and over again. So many children have not memorized those tables. They get to sixth grade, they need to do long division, or then they need to get to the algebraic equations, and they're not able to do basic math because of those stupid 1 through 12 multiplication tables. When your child learns something that is so seemingly obvious and simple to you, remember, what a major milestone and how much work it was for them. And celebrate. Celebrations can be things like a couple of hours at like a splash park. <laughs> Activity, sunshine, other kids, vitamin D, no screens. Win, 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 win. And the child thinks they're the winner, winner chicken dinner. It was you. Number nine, flexibility. Remember, you left the public schools because they were not able to meet the needs of your child. Or your educational needs. You're homeschooling so you can. Finding the right recipe is not always easy. The great news is no one loves your child like you and no one cares about your child's success like you do. By showing your child that you can adapt and find different ways to meet their needs, you're showing them that you are flexible 
Flexibility is a really valuable life skill. So teaching them flexibility is great. Number 10, get help. I don't care how many posts you read online that tell you homeschooling is super easy and super fun. It isn't always sunshine and you won't always be farting rainbows. Sometimes your kids have no desire to listen to you. Sometimes your oldest hates your youngest and they continue to fight in the classroom. Sometimes you were up all night with a puking child, but the one who wasn't sick still needs to learn. And sometimes nothing, nothing you try seems to work and you have no ideas on what to do next to help your child understand an idea. In other words, homeschooling is like almost everything else in your life that matters. It has amazing days and it has really, really rough days. The fantabulous news, there's help. There is tons of help. There is so much help. If you are a Facebook kind of gal, there's almost always a local Facebook group for homeschoolers online for you. Here in Arizona, there's an Arizona homeschoolers group, but there's also in my tiny little town, I only have like there's four towns together and together they all equal 120,000 people. There's a homeschoolers group just for them, for, for this 120,000 people. I think it's called like homeschoolers Prescott. So you can go on and you can ask questions. You can be vulnerable. These are not just, so what do you think the best sixth grade social studies curriculum is? Or what do you think the best units themes are for your third grade? Well, it's not just that, it can be that. But it can also be, so I just realized my kid is kinesthetic and language arts is not really a kinesthetic topic. This is a real thing, okay? I used to teach language arts. Teaching to kinesthetic kiddos is a whole new ball of wax for language arts. It's been done. There's lessons out there. People have figured it out. You don't have to recreate the wheel. So has anybody come across methods, lessons, somebody out there who's special at work doing this, who's created things that work really well with this type of kiddo that totally engages them? That's great. Get those resources, get help. And sometimes, and this is okay too, it's holy cow, I'm tearing my hair out and I feel like Sally is not going to learn anything from me this year. I think we fight every day and I feel like an utter failure. Dollars to donuts, there's another mom who's been there. Teaching homeschool is a rewarding experience for both you and your child. When you understand your child's needs, learning goals, your educational philosophy, you can create and plan to have a successful and truly enjoyable year. The quote for this time, try not to have a good time. This is supposed to be educational. Lucy Van Pelt from Peanuts. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.